0: DM us on Instagram, and we will post and read it
1: on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Dolora. Dolora, how are you today, girl? In this dimension, I'm
0: good. I'm okay. I just hope other iterations of myself is living their best lives.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully you're not quite like our main character in our recap for today where you're not also living your best life in this one because, you know, I want you to be experiencing all the joys, all the things. Speaking of, our recap for today, 11 time Oscar nominee, everything, everywhere, all at once, dominated, the 2023 Oscar knobs that were announced last week. We have talked about this film a bit. It was on my favorite films list from 2022, and it is definitely living its best life. It was released theatrically on March 11th, 2022, runtime two hours and 19 minutes, and available currently to stream via Showtime. Directors are the Daniels, Daniel Kwan, and Daniel Scheinert. Quick summary. When an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Dum, dum, dum.
0: (laughs) I literally mentally did that, by the way.
1: Seriously. (laughs) As I mentioned during our Hot Topics and Quick Headlines episode last week, this really is creating uh, history for the cast, particularly for Michelle Yeoh, who's nominated in the Best Actress category. We also have nods for Best Actor for... K hui kwan for stephanie shu for jamie lee curtis as well as picture director costume design editing original song original score and original screenplay so i don't think they're doing too shabby let's get into the cast i already mentioned them by name but let me also mention their characters we have michelle yo as evelyn wong K Hui Kwan as Wayman Wong. You know, in the movie, it kept going back. I was like, is it their accent and it's really Raymond? Or is it actually Waymond? I think I've said it on that it is actually Wayman Waymond. Yes. Yeah, way. mm-hmm. I just kept thinking, oh, I'm I'm hearing it wrong. I'm hearing it wrong. Um, I had to put up know, the subtitles.
0: Subtitles. That's how I live.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Stephanie Shu as Joy Wang, who was so delightful in this movie. I really enjoyed her. She's a lot of fun. Yeah, her very eccentric characters for sure. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, as Deidre, amazing in this film. And James Hong as Gong Gong. Reviews to Laura Ryan. 93 years old. And he's still looking phenomenal. He's still looking phenomenal. I would have given has him 70. So
0: many movie and tv credits ashley
1: i mean i remember him from years and years ago and films that i used to watch so i'm sure he just got his star on the hollywood uh, walk of fame so i'm really proud of him well congratulations sir let's get into these reviews rotten tomatoes 95 percent critic score 89% audience score and 84% of Google users have given this a thumbs up. Delora, what is your grade for everything, everywhere, all at once? Girl, I don't know. It's a mindfuck. Is this the first project that you're going to abstain from grading? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here's the deal. This is where my grade comes from. My grade comes from originality check. Very it much so. was a feast for the eyes. It took so many turns that I was literally felt like I was slapped once you got to the heart of the film. The fact that it actually had heart. Was I entertained? Yeah,
1: I was. I was also very confused. (laughs) (laughs) Especially that first watch. It takes you a while to digest and process what is reality and what is not. What is the point of all of this? Is this all in her mind? Is, you know, is there really a big, bad threat? Like, it definitely that first watch, it's a lot to unravel and unpack. For yes, sure, for sure.
0: digest, for sure. I'm going to give this movie an a A-minus because I'm glad a movie this original is getting some recognition because it is deserved. But there are moments where I'm just like, do we only have a sense of humor of a 13-year-old boy? Like, <laughs> is, is that where we live? Okay, But I also cried my eyes out at certain points, so
1: it was hella emotional in very specific ways that we'll get into. I don't want to. I don't want to dive in just yet. Let me give y'all my grade. So, case surprise, surprise, it's an A because I've already told (laughs) y'all I love this movie. It was a top movie for me in 2022, specifically because of how weird it is. Like I remember, I went into it so cold. I think I went because one of my friends was like, Ashley, this movie, I've heard great things about it. Let's go see it. And I was like, well, I'm always down to go see a movie, whatever. And it was so mind blowing because I have not seen a movie in a while that was so otherworldly confusing to to your point, but also had like real depth and subject matter and also such great acting and performances. I'm glad you say that because uh
0: this movie would not be <laughs> what it is if it was not for the amazing actors in it. Amazing.
1: It took something that had it been bad acting or bad direction or bad or or not much of a storyline would have fallen so far into the bc uh let me turn this movie off i cannot watch another scene this is ridiculous category yes so they they definitely found all the things and put them together to make magic and one thing that i love that Stephanie Shu said in a Colbert interview, because they were literally shut down right, like they ended right before the pandemic, like a day before. So they had to do like some last minute things like separated. But to start the film, they had a a tradition that they do in a lot of Hong Kong sets of, you know, Mm -hmm. this pig that they cut as a crew and all these things to ensure you know that the production went smoothly. And I was like, there's something to like tradition and rituals yeah. and good juju. <laughs> yeah. Because there's she a lot it. of reasons why this should not have worked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I loved how she said she felt like it carried them throughout this whole journey. That's kind of how I feel about Hamilton. Like, you mean to tell me you're going to have a group of people of color rapping? as the founding fathers of the United States of America. What? And the execution had to be flawless for it to like actually hit. So I I get that. I get that.
1: All right, guys. Well, I know for some of our recaps, we'll do scene by scene or episode by episode, but we are going to, do this one a little differently because this this movie is too different to go by our standard formula we just kind of have to talk about some of these overarching relationships overarching themes and and let's get into it so delora let's have a little chat spoiler alert for anybody who has not seen the film So first off, I mentioned that I went into this movie blind the first time I watched it. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't read anything. I didn't even know the premise. Did you still go into this a little blind or had you already looked into the premise before you watched it?
0: Oh, no. The only thing that I knew going into watching this film was that there was some googly eyes. (laughs) And a lot of iterations of Michelle Yeoh's character, because she's screaming or something and something's happening. Um, that's all I knew. And the fact that it was getting a lot of love during this award season and hoping that this would be the year that she gets her
1: Oscar. Do you prefer to go into projects blind or would you? Okay. Are you someone who likes to do a little bit of homework so that you have an idea? The most that I do when it comes to homework is
0: I do like to know what the hype is. And granted, I also like going in cold and finding obviously gems. We talk about our hidden gems every week. Things that might not get enough hype, but you come to love. But going in cold is the best way for me, for sure.
1: I love going in cold to movies and TV shows these days because I've talked about this so many times. I think trailers give way too much away a lot yeah. of times. And then if you have even a brief conversation with somebody, usually they give away something that to me, I'm like, but that was critical. <laughs> that was something critical. It's so funny. That My I family and friends know.
0: are well aware. Like, don't say a dang thing to me, please. I need. I don't. I And I don't spoil it for people like you practically have to pull my teeth because I've had friends who were like, oh, just tell me. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want someone to do it to me. I'm not going to do it to you.
1: I have friends that I know in particular, I just now know that I can't talk about a project if they've seen it first. You know what I mean? Like, I just know that you are wanting to spoil this for me because you want to have someone that you can discuss this with, even though I told you multiple times I'm planning to watch it. So I just, I just won't even engage. So was just curious. Um, But for this film and this story, it's really about family it really centers around evelyn and her husband daughter and father evelyn Mm -hmm. is a stressed out laundromat owner who's dealing with the irs and tax issues because death and taxes right only two guarantees we get in this life (laughs) she gets swept up into the quote unquote multiverse in order to help save the world Delora, when Evelyn is presented with this divergent path from her reality, she takes it even though she's confused, even though she doesn't really have that much information. How do you think you would have handled this proposition on a random weekday at the IRS? So two
0: things. The first, I love uh, your witch Harry moment. I really do. <laughs>
1: you're a princess you're a princess (laughs) right right like when
0: the hero finds out that there are you know there's something more than this provincial life
1: (laughs) okay beauty and the beast
0: (laughs) i love it i love it i love it and the fact that we get a chance to experience it through a chinese woman immigrant (laughs) you know what i mean like I love that for her. So for me, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm way <laughs> too skeptical for that.
1: Yeah. I agree with you that, first of all, this was a fun scene just to watch because even though we had seen like a couple scenes before of the Wayman switch through the cameras, this yes. is the first time we really saw... K get to switch from being wayman to what they dub as alpha wayman. And then kind of see this explanation of things and the umbrella up with the donuts, which the whole donut and bagel and circle is a running theme throughout so much of this film about kind of infinity and all of that. And so her reaction initially, I think, would be all of us like, first of all, what the fuck is going on? What happened? What just happened (laughs) to my husband? My, My father's right here, clueless in his wheelchair, doesn't know what's happening. But I think... There's something in me, Delora. And it's probably from watching all this stuff. This would be so exciting to me if this happened to me. (laughs) I would be like, oh my God, this is wild. But I always knew there was some weird shit going on in the world. So let's do it. Let's get into it. I would do
0: it with a heavy dose of skepticism for sure. I'm sure.
1: I feel like she had it because she could have chosen to go into the janitor's closet and she yes. still chose. But then as she was reading, she was like, well, let me just see. Let me go ahead and switch my shoes over to the other feet. Let me go ahead and close my eyes. And then, you know, she had already, I forgot to say she had already gotten a glimpse, I guess you could say, in the elevator because he showed her her timeline. Right. So it's yes. not like she did at least get a, a little bit of a glimpse. That's a good point. It wasn't
0: so cold
1: <laughs> yeah but it was still yeah. again hella confusing you're an everyday person living your everyday life and all They're of a sudden
0: irs building yeah for goodness sake yeah. and going
1: through so much personally because she stressed the f out right They're they put Truly. a lean on their business she's coming in there trying to explain and make sure they don't get shut down so this is the last thing you are thinking about oh i'm about to get proposed to uh go to an alternate reality so <laughs> Still was interesting and fun, though. Evelyn's husband, Wayman, speaking of, has a vastly different personality from his wife. He believes life should be lived with kindness, and he's feeling neglected in his relationship and in his marriage. He's ready to serve Evelyn with divorce papers. What do you think of Wayman's character and their relationship throughout this film? Throughout the entire film? Yeah,
0: so honestly, when we're first introduced to Wayman, I didn't think he had the balls to dis- serve her <laughs> <server, laughs> <the fourth laughs> I'm like, okay, um, wasn't expecting that from you. Can I say shout out to Alpha Wayman too? Because I'm like, she's gonna fall in love with this alpha.
1: <laughs> and you know what's funny? <laughs> I equate it to the Steve Urkel Stefan Kale. <sighs> switch yes. Yes. that's what it is like oh he got swag when he turned into alpha wayman didn't he took the glasses Word off it. and everything i said oh that's stefan baby <laughs> <laughs> wait when we were in elementary school we used to call him stefan <laughs> he was too i bet you little white used to love being able to switch over and let the lady see what he really had going on but that was I the best it. side note you know because Kay had not acted in 20 years. He had a a voice coach, he had an acting coach, and he had a body language coach that helped him prep for this role, particularly for these switches that he had to do in character. I watched this interview with Michelle Yeo and the Daniels, and she talked about how each version of Wayman, the body language coach, equated to an animal to help him kind of physically prepare and like so regular wayman it was a squirrel because regular wayman is very you know <laughs> you know cute and but you yeah. know innocent and then it it progressively got to a little bit more aggressive type of animals for alpha wayman and then even for um businessman wayman that we meet in the universe where, with yeah because because <laughs> them black frame glasses sir wait 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 can we say there were a lot of movie
0: moments in this movie. What I'm trying to say is when she walks up to the that staircase, looking up at Black Frame Wayman, it was giving Jack and
1: Titanic for me. Mm, that's a great reference. Yes, yes, absolutely. Wayman also had my...
0: Absolute favorite fight scene with that freaking fanny pack. Yes. When old dude swing that fanny pack around his neck and back, I was like, I literally watched it 10 times. Did you? <laughs> I kept rewinding it back <laughs> because I was like, this is so fire. Like, this is amazing.
1: Yeah, I think the Daniel said that the fanny pack was just a great reference to that look that a lot of immigrants or folks have, you know, with the fanny pack when they're, I guess, in this country or what have you, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of tourists, traveling tourists, tourists exactly. in general, I think kind of do the fanny pack thing. But can I just say, I loved every iteration of Wayman because- I thought Wayman was just such a sweet person, no matter which version he was. Original Wayman, especially, I was like, all you want, is your wife's attention. You even said, he even said the only reason why he had the divorce papers drawn up was because a guy he knew drew them up and the conversation about getting a divorce helped his relationship. So he really was still fighting to try to make the marriage work, even though he wanted to give her the divorce papers. He was so longing, looking at that little elderly couple who kissed when they first got to the IRS yeah. center. Like he, he loved his wife. And then I feel yeah. like he also felt that... She she settled a little bit being married to him like I think that he could feel and he mentioned it at one point during the film that he felt like she thought she should never marry him because she essentially had to choose either marry him and move on to the United States or stay because her father said well if you leave yeah you're no longer my daughter you're no longer my child so that's where a lot of conflict came in even within her character but I loved Wayman and I think You need that yin and yang a lot of times and relationships to make them work. And I thought he was the yin to her yang.
0: Yeah, but he was also so so unexpected because, honestly, all the parts that I cried at in this movie was because of him.
1: Really? Honestly,
0: yes. When we were talking about the Black frame Wayman, when he told her, I would just be happy if we did laundry in Texas together if I if I could do it all over again, sir. What? What? That's love. That's beautiful. I also like when guys get nervous thinking that their woman is too good for them. It keeps them on their toes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. <laughs> yeah. Look what I got.
0: And when I tell you whew, the the scene towards the end when he really is himself when even after she stabs him he's still he is still talking about let's talk it out there's another other way of doing this that I I'm this way on purpose this is how I fight he was balling, a good dude
1: he was a good balling dude. my eyes out I was like yo yo I, I was Team Wayman. I guess is the moral of the story. In every iteration and version, I was Team Wayman. It was a little messed up when he left her there for a minute, though. When he was like, "Oh, sorry, I got the wrong Evelyn. You not the right one. I gotta go. I gotta yeah. go find the real one. You you can't keep up." It's like, oh, damn. I guess Alpha Wayman ain't ain't one to play with. But um, let's move on to. Evelyn's relationship with her daughter, Joy, because that's a very complex relationship throughout this film. It turns out that Joy is the big baddie in the movie, Jobu Tapaki in the multiverse. She is the arbiter and agent of chaos that creates the necessity of everything else that has kind of gone on and transpired um, to cause issues that made Alpha Wayman seek Evelyn out in the first place but it turns out that actually instead of wanting to kill Evelyn Jobu's been seeking her out to help her find meaning the alpha version of Evelyn this is her daughter and the alpha version of Evelyn is the first one to discover jumping through the various multiverses verse jumping and she saw such potential in her daughter that she pushed her too far So that's what created Jobu because Jobu now is living in every version of the multiverse at all times, which created this feeling of nothing mattering because she can see all the different things and the fact that if you die here, you're still alive here. And I mean, it it just all, it stopped, it stopped making sense. It stopped mattering to her, right? So she was looking for someone to join her and help her see things possibly differently these playful colorful outrageous scenes with joe boo were among my favorites in this film i mean she beat a man with some giant dildos you know that was
0: the moment in my viewing where i was like self when did this movie become unserious (laughs) was like,
1: <laughs> oh, they're not serious at all, are they? It was so funny. Laugh out loud. That whole sequence was laugh out loud funny. Her showing up with this pet pig in a Elvis impersonator costume, her switching off, dancing a man to death. I mean, the whole thing was utterly ridiculous. Absolutely. She was a
0: joy to watch. And her costume changes, they were legendary.
1: Yes. Um, and fire. Like, there were yes. some of the looks so I'm like, yes, sis, yes. I really love the framing that they did around her eyes for, yes. it was when she had the pearls around her eyes and then also yes. diamonds around her eyes. hmm I, I also thought that was fabulous.
0: Even when she was wearing just the golf outfit and she had the pink around her eyes and there was another um, scene where she was wearing blue and she had the blue amazing. And my favorite look probably would have to be, it was like, she was in all black and big black heels and like a puffer type outer coat thing fire so her relationship with her mom I just think it's interesting that they decided to tap into it right that mother-daughter dynamic we kind of talked about this recently as well with what was before Megan? yeah Wednesday I think it made a lot of sense and I actually followed her down that rabbit hole of like does any of this really matter at the end of the day and it was definitely giving teenage angst, (laughs) right?
1: And I think what grabbed me about their relationship too was there were so many layers to it. One was her wanting her mother's acceptance exactly as she is, her sexuality, all of that. Another was generational dynamics between her father, her mother, and now her And then also, I think she's also internally battling depression. So I feel like there was like layers to their relationship for sure. But how much of that was because of the relationship that Evelyn has cultivated with her throughout her life? I would say a heavy, a heavy part of it. A heavy, heavy, heavy part of it.
0: I also think it's funny that it's Wayman that's in this, hurry or has this level of urgency to to get his wife to (laughs) to get a hold of their daughter right when at the end of the day if you actually took the time to talk to her you would realize that she just wanted companionship she want she wanted to be understood and you know with her having all that knowledge on a freaking bagel again I'm serious (laughs) When she was like, oh yeah, all the knowledge of the universe or all things with sesame seed on it as well. It reminded me of that quote, ignorance is bliss, right? Because there there is a burden to knowing things.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that is maybe one of the overarching things too that I kind of took from this a little bit. We're so bombarded these days with so much information that it can feel chaotic. The world can mm. feel very chaotic. Yes. and And that's something I want to kind of talk about as we wrap up. But I do find it fascinating that Joe Bu was not truly a villain. He, despite, because one could say she should be pissed at Evelyn. One could say that yeah. she would have been trying to go seek revenge and kill every version of Evelyn because Evelyn is the reason why she's like this. Mm. But she yeah. was really just trying to Get back to her mother, the only other person that she thought maybe could handle this Mm. same version of reality that she lives in, so that she won't be alone and also can put meaning back into her life. The scene that made me cry was when they finally kind of reconcile. When Joy was like, "Just leave me alone. I feel like we don't work well together. We we're just miserable together. Let's just go our separate ways." And she was like. But wait, no, I, you you only come around when you need something. These, this, yes. this, and this. Where's but I could the be accountability on both sides. But I could be anywhere yes. else and I still choose to be here with you. And Woo! even throughout this entire multiverse, you still came looking for me. That scene made me cry. That Absolutely. was the moment that I got emotional. And it's
0: like, yes, our time is it's finite and it's fleeting. But I would rather spend seconds with you than you know not spending time with you at all gorgeous gorgeous gorgeous. I also realized that Evelyn and joy were too similar in some ways, and not in a bad way it well in the bad way in terms of like this is all this nothing matters right right but when you add Wayman to the equation, you find that balance. And I thought that was really beautiful.
1: I agree because she mentions in some of the scenes that she had hoped that her daughter was not going to be like her. And then she inevitably has to acknowledge she's just like me. She's messy. She's, you know, the the things going on with her in the same way. Cause I think, again, it goes back to her relationship with her own father. I think she felt so rejected being Mm -hmm. who she is. And her father was talking mad shit throughout the film, let's be honest. Absolutely, yep. And so you can see that like generational trauma. And so I do think that she may have punished Joy a little bit because she saw so much of herself in her, to your point. And to reconcile her love for her, she also has to come to terms and reconcile that love within herself, her own self-worth, her own self-love, because a huge theme of this movie is regret and feeling like she's wasted her own life. So that misery is spreading to everyone in your immediate orbit and in your family. Yes. Some powerful, powerful stuff in this very complicated (laughs) and (laughs) and silly universe that we created. I want to discuss Jamie Lee Curtis. As I said, Jamie Lee Curtis, in my opinion, acted her ass off in this film as irs nemesis deirdre her wardrobe even came from an old irs stock photo i believe it the detail the detail <laughs> she was terrifying to me when she turned into like that multiverse version of herself yeah what what were the biggest takeaways for you from her performance
0: that she was also a miserable person you find out that she had gone through a divorce and it wasn't necessarily a throwaway line, but you find out that she was also targeting minority owned businesses with the audits and Evelyn felt targeted. You know what I mean? Like there was already a level of the um, de- defense going in, talking to her face to face and let alone not factoring you know the language barrier and things like that when it when it came to the taxes but she she just seemed like a person Jamie Lee Curtis character just seemed like the type of person that probably could have used a friend but she surprised me by allowing them to go home that day to to get what they needed to me that was a uh, a light that just cracked through you know what I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> the the initial introduction of her character
1: I feel like that love that crack must have come from that absurd hot dog fingers universe where she and Evelyn were actually in a relationship <laughs> that was the freakiest I did wildest not enjoy that <laughs> And the fact that it came from back, supposedly during evolution, when a monkey with hot dog fingers beat a monkey with regular hands in like a fight. (laughs) So then everybody became hot dog fingered and therefore learned to be very good with their feet. That was one of the most absurd decisions that they made. But it was funny, especially because of the the one eighty between Evelyn and Deidre's characters. So I was, I kept thinking, is this supposed to show that, given the vastness of the universe and the multiverse, even your enemies, in certain ways, you have that connection to, and you they they may be your friend in some other iteration or your lover in in their case. <laughs> so maybe that was that that silver lining of love that kind of bled through. But I agree with you. She was definitely. Miserable, and definitely took her awards very, very seriously. And so I almost wondered, does she even see y'all as human when y'all come in here because this is really all she has, and she wants to keep getting these little butt plug awards at work. The table full of those receipts
0: gave me great anxiety. I'm like, y'all need a better organizing system here because this ain't this ain't it
1: for sure this film as we've talked about so much is so bizarre and fantastical both visually and in terms of the story what elements would you say you enjoyed the most about the film
0: that's a great question what did I enjoy the most I really enjoy being sucked into the different worlds that scene where it was literally all of her faces in the thousands of universe was quite something, and. So I guess with that, I would say the costuming and the makeup was quite fascinating. We also mentioned Joy, her character, the way they're able to switch it up so quickly. Fascinating. The fighting scenes were a lot of fun. I did not enjoy the pinky fighting necessarily, but <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that aspect what I did not enjoy were the weird things they had to do as launching pets to tap into their verse happening that really there were moments where I was like why why
1: that's why? actually one of my favorite things
0: <laughs> when she I wiped her dad's runny nose and put it in his mouth like, lord take the will
1: It was the awards up the butts for me. When that big security guard came and flew dick out, in the air and landed on that I said his asshole would be shattered first of all I don't know I don't think anything is worth this but that was so outrageous and absurd when it it was hanging out of his butt and then the other dude had stuck another one up his butt I was like see y'all are playing too much I'm supposed to be taking this seriously I'm supposed to really feel like there's a threat but I cannot take this seriously right now it's a no for me it's a no for me the paper cuts though oh I cringed through that scene where Wayman had to give himself the paper cuts I couldn't handle that one well
0: it's the biting of the lip balm Mm. I was like really this is I was like is this some bun type stuff where it's actually bubble gum and you're gonna use it for whatever I don't know I was waiting in this movie anything could happen right and it did (laughs) (laughs)
1: anything absolutely can happen you know what I think my least favorite thing about this film is is I would have just loved to see one seamless string of the actual events of the film that were not attached to the multiverse side of things because one thing that they said that this film is depicting is that Evelyn essentially has undiagnosed ADHD So a lot of the things that are going on are because her mind is wandering in all these different directions, right? Well, if that's Mm -hmm. the case, just give me one. I don't care if it was like an end credit scene. Give me one thing that shows me exactly what actually happened. That's all I really wanted is just to know what really went down.
0: It kind of reminds me of the Glass Onion recap too, right? Where it's like you have a sequence of of events and then you get a revelation and then you get to see...
1: Yeah, it alternate all it that.
0: Yeah, I get mm-hmm.
1: that. Yeah, that's the one thing I would have really enjoyed as a Marvel lover. How did this depiction of the multiverse stack up for you?
0: I literally put in my notes the multiverse of madness for sure. That's a great question. I feel like I have a better hold of the Marvel universe than I do. <laughs>
1: Because it's so wrapped up in so many versions right now. We had the Spider-Man multiverse version. We had the Doctor Strange multiverse version. We had, yep. I forgot about Loki. Yeah. And we have Ant-Man coming
0: up because, uh, you know, Loki introduced us to Kang, who's going to be doing some crazy stuff with Ant-Man coming up this year. So
1: the only thing i guess i would say that really felt different to me was that it feels like with this because you can tap into the other multiverses and you can like take over their minds that would have been a cool interesting twist for marvel especially when it came to like different versions of like Spider-Man, for instance, what if Mm -hmm. the Peter Parker of Tobey Maguire's character can hop into the Andrew Garfield version and control or manipulate, like how would that play out? That would have been fascinating to see in the Marvel universe, actually.
0: It actually makes me wonder which one would you prefer to be able to physically see yourself or to your point, live in its consciousness?
1: I don't know. I, I feel like this, I feel like in this one, you're so much more attached in that one. You're literally, it's, it's separate, right? Like, it's not yeah. really you. It's a, right. it's a totally different person. So I don't, I don't know. And this is like, you get, you're getting to see what life could be like for you in all these different ways. So it's still always kind of coming back to center to like your consciousness in a way. So it's different. But again, that manipulation aspect would have been dope. Like, let's Marvel. Let's see if we can do that at some point in time. That would be crazy. Per the directors, Jackie Chan was originally who they conceived to star in this film. Do you foresee the movie having had the same resonance if it had been Jackie Chan instead of Michelle Yeoh? And this would have been patriarchal versus matriarchal.
0: I would say no. I feel like the relationship with the the parent and child would would have been different. And frankly, with the spouse, right? Like, how often do we see men depicted in films with this level of vulnerability and openness and sweetness, right? It's not that common, especially because Evelyn she she was rough she was (laughs) nothing to be played with you know what I mean
1: I also feel like you had so much more depth in the relationships as a result of kind of how it's structured that you might have had with uh a dad kind of leading the charge in that way because women tend to be the glue of their family one could say that but maybe also because I've heard from people through things I've read and watched who were able to take so many different things to relate to it that I don't think would have been relatable had it been the the reverse and had a man starring like one woman said that she felt like this film was a woman going through menopause Mm. and that is a a line probably that the directors who are the screenwriters never envisioned that someone would feel, but because it's based around Michelle Yeoh and all of that, it gave them that feeling. You also had a lady who said that she felt like she could relate so much to Joy's character and the depression she was going through and that familiar relationship she had with Evelyn. Again, how much would that relationship have changed if it was her dad and her That and her
0: being a woman of a certain age, quote-unquote marrying and following a man and his dreams and not living up to her own potential is something that happens in real life quite often. And Mm -hmm. so the women are left wondering, what could I have been? I could have been a singer. I could have, you know, with all the hobbies and things that... (laughs) they put on the business that they probably shouldn't have put on,
1: you know, the hobbies that she was exploring. Director Daniel Kwan, in an NPR interview via their pod shortwave, mentioned that he felt the film was a good metaphor for what it feels like to be alive right now. I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. He said, to exist in an infinite number of different stories and narratives colliding constantly and contradictions and emotional whiplash. How relatable was this for you in terms of your experience watching and what themes resonated most with you?
0: I can't say that I can relate to like the chaos of our media or, or anything along those lines. I understand where he's coming from, but it doesn't really necessarily resonate with me in that way. The themes that seem to stick out to me, we've touched upon the mother daughter relationship, the owning your own happiness right like if you do not like your current situation you actually have the power to change it now it requires habit changing and prayer Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's possible and just stop letting life happen to you you happen to life because I feel like she definitely got into that particular rut and to know just even to have a glimpse of an of something outside of her really reinvigorated Evelyn.
1: So yeah, how about you? I definitely, when I heard Daniel Kwan's thoughts about the chaos, I definitely felt that I was like with social media, with all the possibilities of things going on in the world every day, mass shootings, global warming, disaster after disaster. Sometimes life has felt very overwhelming, right? Life has felt very bleak sometimes. And so this idea of constantly being pulled in different directions, especially like mentally and emotionally, I heavily related to, but I also think that one of the overarching things that I really took from it, particularly at the end was to have gratitude, and to be present and to enjoy the moment because I I think she had as much as she may have appreciated her family, her daughter, her husband, whatever. I think she had lost sight of all of that and thinking that her life had been wasted. And I think it took the chaos of this film to your point for her to remember that her life is good. She does have support she does have love she has accomplished things in her life she had to remember to love and appreciate them and love and appreciate herself
0: yes, yes and i so. think
1: it's sometimes really hard to be present and really hard to be appreciative and show gratitude and that takes a conscious effort it so it is a
0: daily practice for me it reason.
1: is a daily practice so i think that's one of the biggest things that i took took from my experience watching now three times (laughs) of this film and I I I really really enjoyed it and every time I took something else that I didn't catch the first time like that whole googly eye reference Mm -hmm. I did not catch that my first watch I didn't even notice the different placements of the googly eyes throughout and at the end where there was the four sets of googly eyes to represent the four members of the family I I didn't catch that on my first watch absolutely not so it, all it of that. It was
0: fascinating when you go through the rewatch, like in the opening scene, for example. There's the mirror and the three of them, but on that desk is a freaking raccoon, and I'm sure there were other. Uh, what do they call it, Ashley?
1: Easter eggs. Easter eggs, yeah, hidden gems. I was gonna say hidden gems, but specifically to the twirling of the sign, there was somebody twirling the sign when they were on their way to the IRS building. Yes. They definitely sprinkled, but the raccoonie, Kumi-
0: <laughs> unserious, ridiculous. That was, and that was my point too. I love him. I um that actor, I love him. First met him marching glee
1: and when, uh that's a reunion for crazy rich asians because he's supposed to be prominent in the second film
0: he is so, and i'm yeah, waiting for it where exactly. is it i need him and that's the thing that i actually forgot i was like oh they use real footage of her on the red carpet and yes. i love that and it really took me watching that to be like oh she was the mean mama of Re- uh, crazy reputations. And she's such a great actress because you don't even think about it. You know, her playing Evelyn now, well, she plays Stuck Up very well. And she's gorgeous,
1: of course. But you will never be enough. Woo wee. Lord Jesus. She acted <laughs> like, her ass off in that movie for sure. Shorted. Did. Shorted. Did. All right, Delora, any final closing thoughts on your everything everywhere all at once experience? There were just moments
0: throughout this entire film where I was like, "Oh, we're going there. Got it." You know, like and when we got to the point where
1: there were rocks in subtitles, I was like, "Huh." Like <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That did seem peaceful. I was like, with everything going on, it was very peaceful to have a moment where y'all were just rocks and y'all could just sit here and just chit chat. Because this would be a lot. If you had all of that going on in your mind at all times, just let me be a rock too. I don't need it. (laughs) That was a nice moment. But
0: I really, I really appreciated the, at the core of this crazy story is the story about family and love and Highlighting that a relationship is a two-way street, whether your relationship with the spouse or with your child, the relationship with yourself, and every moment matters and
1: it's precious. And it's always important to remember that. Very well said, Laura. We will wrap with that, guys. That was our recap and discussion on Oscar-nominated multiverse sci-fi hit, everything everywhere all at once we hope you guys enjoyed again if you have not gotten a chance to check out the film definitely check it out for yourself and come back to us and let us know what you thought all right delora let's talk hidden gems what you got for the people thank you ashley
0: all right so i have two hidden gems this week so the first is a novel This was one of my favorites from last year when I consumed a hundred (laughs) books. It's called Daisy Jones and the Six, written by Tyler Jenkins Reed. It came out originally March, 2019. And if you are a fan of what they call it, book talk or talk book or Insta books, this is one that always shows up. And as a fan of audiobooks, this was by far one of the best audiobook experiences I've had. It follows the rise and fall of this rock band from the 70s. And of course, there's drug, sex, and rock and roll. (laughs) And the reason why I'm making this my hidden gem this week is because the series is coming. It is coming to Amazon Prime. This mini-series is coming in March this year. So if you want to know about the story before the series come out, and of course it's an adaptation, so it probably won't be word for word, but man, it was a journey. Go ahead and check out this book, Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh, and the reason why this was such a joy to listen to for audiobooks each band member had their own voice so it had a cast of so many voice actors like usually when it comes to audiobooks you literally get one to two people max right you got the pov from minimum seven people (laughs) and then all the cast and characters on the rise and fall of this particular band so a lot of fun. My second hidden gem isn't quite hidden, but I need to specifically call out Abbott Elementary season two, episode 13, the fundraiser. This has to be the funniest episode (laughs) ever. I cackle, I cackle often, often with Abbott Elementary, but the pot thickened, spoiler alert, when Jacob confronts Gregory on liking Janine. And that scene alone, perfection, perfection. Did you see the episode, Ashley?
1: I don't think I'm caught up on the last episode just yet, but I'm going to be watching it for sure.
0: And just Ava, Ava was spitfire in jokes. There were moments in this episode where I couldn't even catch up because the jokes were just coming left and right, and it was a joy, a joy. So, Eben Elementary, please continue to watch, and they deserve all the love they're getting. I pray that they keep getting the love that they're getting, just like Modern fa- Family mm-hmm. had all those years. You know what I mean? It does yep. not need to stop with season one. Exactly. So, that's what I have this week, Ashley. How about you?
1: All right, I have. Three hidden gems. My first one is a podcast. And then we had sex. This husband Ooh. and wife duo, Kristen Civils and J Rod Tanner, are hilarious. They drop weekly episodes chatting about their lives, sex, as implied by the title, and adding in a lot of comedy. You may have caught some of their clips. They have clips all the time on Instagram that are hilarious but I actually had the pleasure of seeing them at a live show while I was in Miami Oh, my anxiety would not let me be great and join them on stage for any of the games that they played but it was a fun experience nonetheless be sure to check them out on social and all the podcasting platforms My second hidden gem, Mi Italia Kitchen and Bar. This is an Italian spot that we went to for my friend's birthday celebration again in Miami. I had the truffle crusted steak, potatoes, and asparagus, and it was incredible. First Mm. time in my life, a restaurant has cut up my steak for me. Okay, they were ready. They were ready. Great service. Ambiance and food, the trifecta. Highly, yes. highly recommend. Okay. Third and final, Bling Empire New York, baby. Spinoff from the original my list, Bling Empire series that is based in LA. This is with Dorothy as the lead as she moves to, of course, the Big Apple. Now I'm gonna not gonna lie to y'all. It took me a minute to adjust to this new cast because we two seasons. Two season, three season, two three. season, three season. Yeah, yeah, three seasons in with the original. So yep. it'll take me a little minute to get used to all these new people. But standouts for me are definitely Tina and also Blake. It's just a real authenticity for some of these characters that I enjoyed this season. And also a little less coddling- with the rich families for some of the stars of this season what do you as mean well. With coddling. So I w- I feel like the LA cast, they're comfortable. You don't ever really see them go through financial issues or hardship. Right. There's threats of kids getting cut off in this series. There's oh. kids who are taking care of themselves who already got cut off in this series. So less coddling, more real-ish going on that they have to take care of for themselves. So. Interesting. So
0: on a scale of one to 10, how pissed off is Morgan Stewart right now?
1: <laughs> I hope she's not pissed. I feel like Dorothy from Rich Kids of Beverly Hills, Dorothy was Morgan's sidekick. Dorothy deserved better. So I'm glad. I agree. That Dorothy is getting her own opportunity to shine and to do it with her people because she's like she really loves some of these people like tina's but her and tina are bffs like you can feel it and it's genuine it's not fake okay it's genuine and i love it so i feel like season one is definitely worth a watch guys those are my three hidden gems delora we'll see what next week has for us but in the meantime, guys, as usual, we so appreciate y'all sticking with us. So, you know, we're about to be entering Black History Month. We're about to have some Yay! content on the horizon, some good stuff coming. So continue to stick with us. Please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones and co-workers and all the good stuff so we can keep this train and party going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see y'all for our next quick headlines and hot topics episode. In the meantime, be blessed. Bye.